You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mount Lesoir football podcast. This is not a team preview, Matt. This is not a team preview. No. This is, no. Media Day stuff happened, sort of. Even though one story took over Media Day, kind of, but we'll get that in the second half. So we're recording this day, Media Day night, going through all the stuff that happened throughout the week. Um, website, if you want to read the excellent hub you put up for, instead of writing a million articles, I think I've written one separate one or two. You have a hub, Matt. Did a great job doing that at mwr.com. Yeah, although apologies to any listeners who discovered that effort and I neglected to update some of the links from 2019. Because, <laughs> really? you know, setting this up involved a lot of copy-pasting, and I just forgot to <laughs> fresh some something. So that that's on me. My bad. But if you got something out of it, I, I hope I appreciate that. So if you randomly clicked on a link that took you to John L. Hammond III's doing what now at the Air Force? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Two years ago. But check it out. There's plenty of stuff there. Like, we were getting to the media day. Like, there was a couple things that were great, but nothing that – no huge announcements because we already know the bull stuff from last year. I guess the biggest stuff we'll get to at Craig Thompson is whatever you want to call it, addressing everybody, COVID stuff, 2021 stuff, how it's going to be handled or maybe not handled for games. But I guess we started the big stuff, like the player of the year stuff. Um do we deserve a pat on the back for like how half the awards are the same that we did that everybody else did? Well, um, I guess great minds think alike, right? That's, that's what I'm saying. People complain about us. It's not group thing, but I'm just saying that that, that Mount Division lined up perfectly. Mm-hmm. Boise State, Wyoming, Air Force, CSU, Utah State, New Mexico. Um, so, who do you so think gave Wyoming ask- the two? two- well, I was going to ask you the same thing. I was going to ask you something <laughs> similar, actually. Go for I mean, I wasn't going to ask you about the you know, because because uh, I think both Michael Katz and Davis Potter actually moved on from Laramie, so I don't know if maybe that was a parting gift on the way outside the door, or whether wait, where did Potter, where did Potter go? I know, I know, Michael Katz has covered Ole Miss. Where did thought, Potter go? I thought they, I thought they both went to Mississippi. Oh, I need to look and say just on Michael Katz's Twitter about he's like, yeah, I wish anybody voted for my email. I can't get to. I'm like, wait, what's this about? But he's covering Ole Miss and SEC stuff, so maybe, but um 
But I guess my my question was, you know, the Boise State got 23 out of 25 possible votes, uh, first mm-hmm. place votes. Excuse me. Did you expect that to be a little bit closer, or was that about what you what you thought it would be? That's what I thought what it would be because they've been predicted. I think every year they've been in the conference predicted to win mm-hmm. and win. Big. I just didn't know whether you expected it to be such a lopsided advantage or perceived advantage. Uh, I guess you would say history dictates. Like if you're good, there probably people are going to think you're going to be good, mm-hmm. and if there's no reason to doubt they'll take a any step back. Like. They're not going to fall off the cliff by any means, but are they going to be ten and two? We've previewed them eleven and one. Like they can win all these games. They're going to eight and four. It's just a respect thing, I believe. It's like why is Texas always getting ranked, or why are these teams always in the polls that are USC's too high than most people think, or but Indiana, who's or Northwestern, who's been good. They're a better example. Pretty good past couple of years has struggled to get rankings until they win a actually a good conference game. It's so more. So, so I guess the kids, the similar question would be for the West division in particular, which I think everybody seems to be in agreement that it's wide open. I still, you know, Nevada ended up, ended up as sort of like a, a clear cut favorite because they, they got 19 out of 25 first place votes, which makes me think, yeah, maybe they aren't quite as rock solid as, as Boise State appears to be among the conference media, but I would have thought that, you know, for instance, San Diego State was, uh, you know, they were projected third overall, but, you know, they didn't get any first place votes. The team behind them, Fresno State, actually got one, and the defending champion, San Jose State Spartans, only got five. So I guess, you know, are, are we sort of lying to ourselves when we say the, that the division is wide open? Or, like, what do, what do you make of that in particular, that breakdown of, of first place votes in particular? In the West, here's what I've said. Nevada, to me... Nevada's a clear favorite, and it's not close. Mm-hmm. However, I'll be talking both sides out of my mouth because I can also see, as I mentioned before, any team but UNLV has a chance to win the division. So mm-hmm. while it's close, like there's chances. The reason I say that, it's not because I don't think Nevada – like could Nevada go 8-0 in league play? Maybe. But we previewed like – we took this – I say, we just did our San Jose State podcast. We've done San Diego State. We've done Fresno. Um, have we done Hawaii? I forget. We've not done Hawaii yet. Not, okay, that's one of the few. I keep forgetting one or two schools. But I think Nevada is the clear favorite. That's what this shows. I think San Jose State's getting respect because of what they did last year. And everybody loves Coach Brennan. And he's amazing. Players love him and all this sort of stuff. They did a great job. They bring a lot back. Receivers, that's what we talked about the other day. Isaiah Hamilton, they're going to make a, take a big step up. But they lose a lot in that aspect. But I like I, I could see, like I said before, a 5-3 team could win the West Division. Mm-hmm. But I still think what Nevada has, they're gonna out, like what a, like outside of Fresno State in the West, what other offense can keep pace? San Jose State didn't score a million points last year every game. They scored a good amount, but they weren't gonna put up thirty five plus, forty plus, which I think Nevada could average like thirty five a game this year at least. Mm-hmm. That's where that's what my thought would be, and I think Fresno State's very undervalued. They should be much higher. I would flip them with San Diego State. I might even flip the. I'd probably flip them with San Jose State, put Fresno number two. Their offense. Yeah. Is 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 the closest thing to Nevada on offense? I think is Fresno State. I mean, I guess I just would have thought that the the difference between one and five would have been at least a little bit closer because, like, if you look at the difference, for example, between Boise State and Utah State, who was picked fifth in the Mountain, you know, there's a hundred and one point difference in in votes right there. And for you know between Nevada and Hawaii, it's only like what eighty five, ninety five. 
95. That's, I think the, my math was incorrect. For 141 to 56. There you go. I guess I just would have figured that Hawaii, for example, would have gotten a little more love, you know, because it seems like even there, like they're seem, they seem to be pretty entrenched as kind of the consensus fifth place pick. And I just don't know that that's as clear cut as it, as it looks on paper. I think they're probably fifth, but it's close. You're right. Like the order. I, I wouldn't have any problem putting Hawaii fifth when they fit. Like, but I think you're right. It's closer. It should be because one thing is also flips the mountain really quick. I am very surprised how close it is between Wyoming and Air Force. Had Wyoming got like, instead of those two first place votes, let's just say for just say somehow it was unanimous for Boise State, and Wyoming got like a second or third place vote, they they could have flipped with the Air Force easily. I think that's all as big a surprise as how different the West is because nine eleven points. Even though we talk about Air Force and there's reasons to like them, I, I am surprised that's that close. But the West is going to be very difficult. Well, you know, we, we've actually, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, we in recent days we've sort of heard a little bit from Air Force fans that we, we may be overlooking them a bit. And, you know, it sort of makes me think, I can't remember whether I mentioned it specifically, but when we talked about the Falcons in the team preview podcast, I, what I was trying to stress is that, you know, this year's team, like what, whatever successes they have are more likely to come as a, as a result of being like the, the sum being greater than its parts. Where, you know, maybe they don't have a lot of, of all conference caliber performers. Um, you know, they have a handful. And of course we'll talk about the conference media as all conference picks in a moment. But, you know, if they have, you know, maybe like the, you know, like the fourth best linebacker unit and the, the, like the third best running back unit and, you know, the sixth best. Like, it's not necessarily that they need to be the best in the conference at anything in order to really make waves. Like, if they are a team that looks like they could be average to above average in pretty much everything, that I think is where you start thinking about them as potential division contender. And so in that way, it's sort of less about the individual in this particular case than about the team that they put together on paper. No, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Um, like if they don't like what we're saying, whatever, but it's, it's going to be close. Like I'm just surprised it's that close. Cause I don't know what air force is going to bring too much because there's always questions here and there, but that's always nice. Kind of surprised that's closer than the other half. Mm-hmm. Anything else about uh, these divisions or anything? Yeah, I mean, I think about? we can. I think we pretty well pivot to talking about the all-conference team, where we chose the exact same player of the year defense and special just that type of stuff. Yeah, but also like you, <laughs> you know, I think it was sort of surprising because there was a lot of holdovers from the from the 2020 preseason team more than I think I would have expected. But I guess, you know, maybe the bigger question is, is, is there anything? Well, I think there were eight altogether. And I, I in the in the draft that I wrote, I, I had them all listed. But, like, uh, Xavier Valade is one. Um, I believe Khalil Reserve. Shakir is another. Um, John Ojuku, Keegan Kreider, uh, Cameron Thomas, uh, Kiko Lathanijo, and three of the four special teams contributors, Brandon Talton, Ryan Stonehouse, Savon Scarver. I think that's eight names. Don't quote me on that, but I guess the bigger question is, is there any name here that surprises you? There's a name missing that surprises me. What's that? Justin Rice. That's true. Same as I say. Or, excuse me, Utah State, sorry. However, 
there are murmurs that there could be an issue with his plane status this year, but I don't know anything about that officially. Which stay, I don't know what Stay tuned, I guess. MWR.com. Exactly. But my point being, that can't be the reason because how would every, if I just kind of heard about that today, like I'm not digging for that type of stuff, why would the Hawaii, like Steven Sai, who reports for stuff, I would just appoint name, why would he know anything about that? Why would a guy from New Mexico, you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. would they know? Like, that's, that's, that's well, even if that's the case and there is potential, nothing to finish, obviously, just kind of a few things that there could be some technicality issues with him being able to play this year. He, I think he's just, that's a kind of a big myth because who would know that minutia type of stuff unless you're really digging into it? And there's mm-hmm. enough people, like, there's what, 30 votes for the all conference team? Or all conference? Uh, I'm assuming it's the same amount of people that vote for the, for the projected order of finish. There would be 25. 25, sorry. Whatever. Quite a few. So, all these people to know enough to not keep them on. And they only do one team, which is kind of weird. And also, here's also what I think is correct. I know the postseason does this. Don't teams nominate players, potentially? Isn't that how it works as well? I'm not entirely sure because I know that we've talked about this, or at least we've glossed over this a little bit um, with regards to Donald Hammond a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, when, when Josh Love was ultimately named the offensive player of the year. So I'm not entirely familiar with the internal mechanics of like who makes the cut and who doesn't, but you know, when I'm thinking about names that I didn't expect to see here, you know, sort of leads to one of the big questions I think that's probably going to dominate. Is there anybody like anybody that's missing for you or something? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was getting to that. Where is Trey McBride? You got the fade king, Cole Turner. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love, I love me some Cole Turner, but Trey McBride is the better overall tight end. Yeah, that, that's what. Yes, I agree. That that's a big that's a big interesting one as well. I think it's, if there um, was, I think if there was maybe one big snub, it was probably him. Yeah, everybody like everybody else like looking through on there like if I go to my spot like for Justin Rice, who do you take out from the linebacker? You know what I mean? They're all, hmm. they're all, you know, like, I don't know. He was preseason player of the year last year. Before he transferred, wasn't he pre- preseason player of the year in the Mountain West? Uh, yes, he was. And he is our, what, he wasn't our number one player in our top 50, but he's up there. Yeah. From last season. So that's kind of interesting where he would have been the best player last year was, was he was a first team all conference Sunbelt. Just whatever, some of slightly down compared to Mountain West, but still some pretty good stuff. It's just, um, it's just a weird, I don't know who you take off because they're all really good linebackers who made the list. You have, uh, Darius Musea from Hawaii, Chad Mooman, Katie, Katie McDonald. They're all really good. So. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I know that, I know that Riley Wimpy has his supporters, especially among, you know, yeah. especially among the faithful on the blue. I don't think Riley Wimpy is as good as that trio though. Close. So I don't I don't really have a problem with the way that that unit stacked up. It's the whole like the running. What about the running back? That's super deep. Anybody to swap out there? Because you have Greg Bell, you have George Solani, you have like Brad Roberts. Well, I think the, the, media, the media's picks were exactly the same as ours, so I've I've got no problem with it. I know, so I'm just, I'm just asking, curious. Okay, no, because Rivers like is the probably most versatile back. Valde will get 20 million carries and do well. So see, think, everything looks. I think the, the the other name I was sort of surprised to see was Zachary Thomas from San Diego State because I would have I would have thought if I was going to see any San Diego State lineman it would have been William Dunkel who was you know, an all conference performer a couple of years ago 
and, and you know he did miss a little bit of playing time last year um but you know still when he was on the field he was one of the best interior linemen anywhere in the conference and so I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that because I, I was looking back over what our staff came up with and that was basically the only difference you know what like the the, the conference media tends they just say oh lineman oh lineman oh lineman yeah but the way that it broke down was sort of convenient where you you ended up with a center you ended up with you know one guard in in jake stats and yeah. then three three left tackles basically in thomas john ojuku and jack snyder that makes it difficult for when we when you break it down so well where you have specific actual positions not just a five best lineman and a mm. center. Cause they should have a center position specifically because that's way different than everything else. But it, it is just a quirk of how we do ours and they, they do theirs where it's just about four linemen, five linemen. Or it's like, oh, defense is a 4-3 just because. Mm-hmm. Why is it not a 3-4? There's better players at the linebacker spots than the line. Because linebacker is extremely deep as is running back in the conference. And the, and the other really interesting thing, which was actually you know brought to my, brought to my attention, at least from the player himself, Calvin Turner is a or Calvin Turner is a punt returner. Heck yeah, which he he has never done. That's what he said. So how what do you what do you make of that? Then like how how is that allowed? Did you not see Calvin Turner play last year and got the ball? I did. Okay. When he was re- when um, he was returning kicks or catching passes out of the backfield or running fly sweeps and stuff like that, he never returned punts. So how do you how does he get on the ballot as a punt returner? People love them from Calvin Turner. But is it, uh, seriously, is Romeo Dubs, is he a punt returner or is he a kick returner? Uh, he did return punts oh, last right. year. Yeah. That, that's one, it, it is unique. I'm fine with it because I think it's kind of off potential from what he could do the second half last year. He was really good. He's going to be one of the most exciting players in conference where he'll run, he'll catch, probably throw a pass or two. He'll be wildcat quarterback, those type of things. It is, I think it just bodes what people think he can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dubs had 11. 11 for 100 last year. And then Jesse Matthews, seeing State, was slightly better. Yeah. Fair. So I think it's more of um, potential. They so so let me ask you this. Mind. Would you would you have put him ahead of, of Savon Scarborough if they were head-to-head as kick returners? Well, my coworker, Sam Farnsworth, thinks Savon Scarborough is the most feared player in the conference. <laughs> oh, Sam. I don't know what he's doing. Um, if I go by him, yeah, it should be Savon Scarborough wide receiver as well. No, um, no, because Scarborough has touchdowns and experience, so no, I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I'd keep him where he was at, a kick return, because he has, what, five career touchdowns, I think, returning kicks? Something like that? Uh, six. Six, okay. All, for all-American type kick, kick returner, but no. Scarborough is the best special teams player in the conference. Turner, could be, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they know something, too, is Dub's not going to return kick punts this year. I don't know. You never know. Do you think he... He might not because of what he did last year. It's like let's save him to get or do it or do what San Diego State did when he had Richard Penny a couple of years ago where he was a returner the year before he left the NFL, but when he was his final year, he only did a couple like in key spots. Mm-hmm. It, it's unique, but I'm okay with it. I like Calvin Turner, and so that's why not. Who don't like I said, what's well, there, there you go. That's true. You know, I think the fact that you can kind of debate it lightheartedly. Sort of, you don't have to take this overly seriously. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fine. There's a, there's here's the thing. There's no, it's not like an obvious huge stuff. Like let's just say um, Romeo Dubs had those ten or twelve kicks and three touchdowns. Yeah, that'd be wild. He wasn't chosen, but he didn't have it. He had ten yards a kick or punt return, which is fine. So I, it's not I just cool. I just want to know if Hawaii fans are satisfied with the representation of their team here. 
and Cortez Davis. Um, they have Darius Mulasau, and um, that's it. Those two guys. Three guys. And Turner. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, and Clinton Turner, yeah. So two defense, one special team. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, have fun with it. It's okay. Let's get to what Craig Thompson talked about a little bit. One of the okay. big things, um, apologies, um, COVID is still a thing, if you haven't heard. It's kind of an uptick, unfortunately, in some places. What is your thought? When, when they said they're not going to reschedule any games, basically mean a fourth it, what was your first thought when you heard that? Good? Wait, good. is it out? Or no, it's why good. Is it, why do you think it's good? Is it a good incentive? Is it Because people good? need to get their act together if they don't want to get vaccinated. So you don't want a bunch of Colbys out there or DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I am I am fairly adamant about it at this point <laughs> because it's been nearly 18 months and somehow we are still dealing with this because a lot of people out there are dragging their feet. Case in point, he's no longer in the conference, but look at Nick Rolovich. He's, he's not he's not going to media day because he's he's decided he's not going to be vaccinated which sort of runs counter to whatever policies that Washington State has already established for all students, all personnel, et cetera, et cetera. So there's there's some kind of clash going up there in the Pacific Northwest at some point. And, you know, it sort of it came out that, what was it, seven teams were above 80 percent by this point, which I think is better than I thought it would be, to be honest. And while we don't have the specifics of all the teams, I know that I remember seeing that UCLA was one of them because I believe Marcus O'Reilly came out and said that himself. But then on the flip side, we heard, I think, most prominently from Boise State, from Andy Avalos, that they're still right around 60 percent while there's optimism to, you know, to to see that number increase between now and, and kickoff in, in late August. Well, I mean, Utah State struggling to have a vaccine type of day at campus. They did. For practice. It's like, come on. It's like, well, yeah, it's like if you were going to drag your feet and not attempt to deal with something that, you know, by all intents, you know, whatever, the, what is it, what, the Delta variant that they're calling it now? Yeah, correct. Is, it's like 85% of the cases now. Is is rougher than the variants we were seeing beforehand. And 
you know, for a lot of people, football players and otherwise, it's not all about dying either. Like people who got COVID months ago are still dealing with it in, in a lot of different manners. And so, yeah, if, if, if they end up in a situation where there's a cluster or a breakout on campus or something like that, which I'm going to call it right now, we're going to see at least one, I think. Do you we're gonna think see, we're going to see at least one or, cancellation of a game because you know forfeit? Yeah, was. I do. Look how many games were canceled last year. I would think not. I I hope there's not. The reason I think there won't be because there would be. I don't know if it's. I don't think it was said because last because it's up to the teams. Last year there were the conference like, all right, you need X amount of D linemen, quarterbacks, and offensive linemen essentially to play. Mm-hmm. And remember, Boise State, they were missed games, not necessarily because of COVID, being COVID positive or COVID A little bit of both, right? And injuries, too. that a couple of season enders, which kind of hurt them a little bit more. There's a, I forget who, a D lineman or somebody who's out for your one or two guys, which really hurt them because you're down even more, more players. I don't think there's a restriction. So could we see a Denver Broncos situation where, all right, clear Shakir, you're playing quarterback. Or George Solani, or you know what I mean? You're going to be Wildcats for Boise State. Just not to pick on them, but just saying that to play a game. I think, back to the original point, I think there's enough. Like if you're at, like half isn't good, but if you're at 80%, you would think that would be enough to not have to worry. Not, this is not to, not to incentivize people to get it, because definitely should. But my point being, if there's enough people vaccinated, that probably not going to be an issue. But then again, mm-hmm. we've seen Rich Eisen, we've seen Jay Williams, we've seen politicians who've, Fully vaccinated, still get sick or get test positive. And so that's not 100% guaranteed either. Cause the point being, if more people, it's, it's so simple, not so stupid. If more people are vaccinated, less likely to get sick to transmit any sort of that type of disease. It's like, mm-hmm. well, duh. So the number needs to be higher, but do you know who Dave Dorian is? Yeah, North Carolina state head coach. Do you know what he said today? Which I, is a, well, not, do I, do I, I want to know what he said? It's going to fit perfectly to sell how much of a liar he okay, is. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll lay it on me. What do I say about college football coaches? What do they know about? What do they care about the most? Besides football? No, 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 anything. It's football, college football, right? Yeah, yeah. They know every player's schedule for a team. They know who should be where. They know the every, they know, they know, they should know basically everything about the program, or they know somebody they can ask within their program, hey, what's this guy doing at 2 p.m. on Tuesdays? What class is he in? They should know or have access to that, right? Pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Who's injured? Who can practice? Who's really hurt? Who's maybe needs to work harder? They know all that stuff, correct? Yes. I'm setting up for a big butt here. So <laughs> he said at ACC media days, it's not a first off, it's not up him to make medical decisions for a football team. Really? You got training staff where somebody's injured, broken arm, a clavicle, hamstring. Well, I'm glad Sorry. you mentioned that because did you before before you go on? Did you see the related tweet from Stephen Godfrey out there this today? <laughs> what did he say? Where he said something to the effect of a head coach asking like their training staff how many ibuprofen one of their players was taking once upon a time. <laughs> so, so what you're referring to is is I would I would I would venture to say a deep rooted. I don't know if issue is the right word, but a deep-rooted trait among head coaches that they don't think about this stuff? Well, no, no, they do. No, well, they do think about this stuff. Like, but, they, they, but they are hands-off about this stuff? They don't think about it they, that deeply? They're not, though. That's what I'm getting at. Overall, they know everything, or they should know everything, right? They should. 
But ibuprofen, whatever, that's a funny thing. But but he goes on to say he doesn't know where the team is percentage-wise when it comes to being vaccinated, and I call BS on that. He sh- Why would he not know that? If you're preparing your team to be successful, you should know that. That's my point. If you want to win football games, you should. That's a key part. It's like, well, why would I? It's like, why would I want not? Why would I want to know if my kicker has a turf toe or or plantar fasciitis or my quarterback is now, throwing see, awkwardly? No, see, you you take that in tandem with you know something else that that Thor Nyström from uh, NBC Sports put out there earlier today. Did you happen to see that? I did not. So enlighten me here. So so. Over the summer, Colorado State got a, a, a running back transfer in from Boston College, David Bates. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, go ahead. I did hear that. Continue. So what Boston College has done is they have had their entire football team, their entire staff vaccinated. Good for them. And, and one player who said he was unwilling to get the shot, they helped him to transfer. And just by virtue of, of <laughs> you know, basically back, working backwards from when Bailey transferred and all that stuff, they figured out that Bailey was that that player who refused to get the vaccination. And so, Colorado, you know, I don't necessarily want to make light of the fact that you know if there is a legitimate reason not to take it, then you know, fine, whatever. However, but I'm just I'm but I, I can't I can't help but be skeptical. There's. Very, 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 very few legitimate medical reasons to not get it. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I would say that you know, I, my skepticism, admittedly, is coming from what I would imagine is a pretty privileged position. You know, I'm trying to be to be mindful of that without being overly critical. But I'm thinking, like, I mean, I know that that no, that yes, but no, of, you can walk into a Walgreens, a CVS, a Walmart, your local grocery store, and get it with no issues. There might be a few you know you know what I'm saying though like I, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily want to assume too much but I'm thinking like you know how many other athletes out there are going to be you know very strident about not taking this or whatever like they might they might not be out there on Twitter in the same way that like NFL players have been out there on Twitter today um, you know like Cole Beasley like DeAndre Hopkins like you know what, you know a number of other players it's just yeah, I I kind of see, and maybe this is me reading the tea leaves, but you're I just think like I just think you transfer, and because you're not going to vaccine, that's like you not wanting to do it. They were going to help you and facilitate you to get that, and you still say no. And so I just I don't know, man. I just like that's why I have this feeling like it's going to happen at least once. And how pissed would you be if your team forfeits a game? Like, what if you're wild? Whatever. Well, let's, let's take Colorado State for example. What if it's Colorado State and that's the difference between being making a bowl or not? How much money is Steve or Steve Dodger going to lose because he doesn't get his bowl bonus? I don't know that off the top of my head, but I would wager it's probably six figures. Could be, yeah. Or getting a win bonus or getting beating your rival bonus. There's all those type of things. Like, I just, I don't, I just don't understand why not. Like, what, like all this stuff out there here about why it's not true or. It's not correct. Like some bad stuff can happen, or that there's that list where hey, if people are vaccinated, stuff happened to them. Like I trying to know exactly what it is, but it's not medically verified. People pulled off like hey, this person died who had the vaccine. Well, they're 92 and died and got a heart attack, or they're 66 and in a car accident died, but they had the vaccine. So they, some people say oh, they died because of the vaccine. Like no, they died because of the car accident. They died because they're old, or they died because of this. Like I, I don't want to. We heard this is long, longer conversation. We probably need on this, but like, if you want, if here's the bottom line: if your team 
if you're if you want to win, if that's your goal, if you want to get to the NFL, if you want to get money for name image likeness, you got to play. Mm-hmm. And if you're a team that has 15 players out and your whole offensive line line is out, I don't know what the rules are. Is it going to be if it's contact tracing because quarantine is that good change? Is it if you have COVID positive? Like you're not going to want to. Our team's not going to want. Like what if this happens? Like say the, a center for a team tests positive and. Let's just say they, they are vaccinated. Let's say that because that can happen. We've seen it with a with handful of people. Let's say they are, which means they're not wearing a mask on campus because you don't need one really. Not, uh, not you pro- football. You're not going to have it because you're practicing. But you're less likely to have it because it's not. Re- it's not really necessary at the moment. You might some situations, but let's say you don't. Because I'm vaccinated, I don't need it. Cool, I can do whatever I want essentially. Mm-hmm. You get sick, and there's a lineman here or there, a couple guys in your group because you get the huddle quarterback. Uh, defense line when you're pushing, you're touching. Say there's a couple guys that aren't vaccinated and they're, they don't just pause it, but they are close to you like on a Thursday afternoon. Can the, would you want to play against that team if those guys have been near somebody who tests positive? You know what I mean? Cause that's the issue too. People who are vaccinated can, are still very minute and small. I'm not trying to make a big deal, but there's a million scenarios where if more people have their shot, they'll be fine to play. But if there's a guy who doesn't need to be as cautious because he's vaccinated and everything, but there's a couple guys on your team that aren't, does Colorado State, just we mentioned them, when they play women's women want to play, if there's six guys who will even know, like will they have to announce it, that type of stuff? Because if it, you know what I mean? Like what's the protocol for that? It's like, okay, this guy's out, but are they still going to go by contact tracing where you're out for a week or 10 days or whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. That's the thing too where, Coaches want to win. Will they hide stuff? Like, look at Tom Brady. He played the MCL injury all the year, never reported the NFL. And there could be issues with that this next year for how to report injuries. So that's something, like, as well, like, what's the protocol for this year? I don't know. I don't think it's been said if it's been updated or if it's going to be the same as last year. That, like, would you want, and what if the team that says, I'm not going to play, they end up forfeiting, they're fine because the other team is reckless. I guess we'll find out. I, so maybe I'm with you. Maybe I think at least one game will be forfeited because of this. I mean, I mean, I, I, th- I guess I should also put in context that you know, given the the small population of of you know, groups of, of student athletes, that sixty percent is actually like way better than the general population at large right yeah. now. Like, like you know, last I checked, like where where I live here in, here in Central California, Fresno County, like all of the all the counties around here, are basically like forty to forty three percent you know, vac- fully vaccinated, which, which is, I would say, probably the main reason why we're still dealing with this 18 months later. So <laughs> I guess in that way, you know, the fact that all, you know, even the, the, the teams that are lagging are still well above the national average is a positive sign. I just think, you know, if, especially among those teams that are lagging, like if they, they get hit with something like, and we don't know who those five teams are, but I think it just makes them more vulnerable to that, Boise, that, that break State, that could, you, that could change their entire season. It's Boise and Utah State, I know for sure, mm-hmm. but hopefully they get their act together. You would think Air Force is well high enough because the, I'm sure the Academy probably requires it. Mm-hmm. You would think, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I think and it's, I it's important also, to say too that, you know, there's still like another month or like five weeks until kickoff. So, you know, sixty percent. If sixty percent can be eighty percent, then that makes me feel a lot better that we'll get a full season. Um, and and if eighty percent becomes like ninety percent or ninety five percent, then that's even better. I think it's just it has this sort of cascade effect where 
you don't necessarily need like one team to kind of drag everybody over some threshold. Like everybody just has to be good enough for everybody to be able to make a full season. Yeah, I noted that in the article I wrote about the forfeits and stuff because Craig Thompson's like, there's a choice this year. Last last year there was no choice, so we had to be accommodating mm-hmm. two schedules and change. But yeah, let's assume you don't take that Johnson Johnson shot because that's the one time shot, and that seems to be not quite as good as others, but. If you take two, it takes basically five to seven weeks because you get the first one and you have to wait at least three weeks. So mm-hmm. today's July 22nd. Let's say Saturday, a big boon, oh, camp starting soon, a big push at whatever in the local area for sports teams. Like, kind of get your shot. Say people get July 24th. You have to wait probably until the 14th of August to get it. So it'll be cutting it close. If they get it this weekend, most people, there's the games the 28th, but they should be fully vaccinated by the season, by by the time the season starts. Mm. And you would think when fall camp begins, all right, let's do this here, let's do it now. And that's in two weeks. I think most camps start the first week of August. That would put, and I guess depending for that week zero games, but it'll be if you even if one, it's helpful. It's not clearly not fully there, but I would hope when fall camp there'll be some big pusher. I don't want to wait till school starts when kids on campus third week of August, but I would hope that when sports teams are on campus, there would be a little bit more of a push to get something because they don't want to lose. Like you don't want to forfeit games. You don't want to lose games. You want to play games. It's mm-hmm. coaches who say they're not keeping track like NC state, NC state coach or Nick Rolovich who's stubborn for some reason for quote reasons. I'm like, the reasons are stupid. And again, the medical to not get a vaccine is very few for people who, who can't have it because they'll get allergic or reaction or, they have a compromised immune system. Like we can't, it's whatever. I'm fine with it. We've talked way too long about this. This is kind of getting boring, but just, I don't want to see any games canceled. So if you want to football games, that's part of it. It's like last year. Remember if you want football, wear a mask. If you want football, get your shot done. Keep right? playing deep, keep playing defense. Just think of Rocky Long glaring at you if you don't have a vaccine. Just don't play prevent. All right. Think, think of Troy Calhoun glaring at you if you don't have a vaccine or, um, Dave Christensen swearing at you. Right. There you go. Um, what else did we get to? Was there anything else Craig Thompson discussed? Or anything else media days? Um, Calvin Turner to sign language. That's a nice story. Everybody loves, um, Coach Brennan. We have Nick Starkle throwing w- weird stuff out there. Let's talk about that. Unverified um, stuff, if we want to be more accurate. Very unverified and also very not true. Yeah. According to multiple people we know. Um, so he basically said doing his, one of his one-on-ones or chatting with somebody, that Boise State players were going home for Thanksgiving multiple days before knowing the game wasn't going to be played, was not going to be played. Not sure because you would think it would get out to Fox because that was who doing the game. Remember Tim Brando was on Twitter kind of bummed about it because it's supposed to be a pretty big game, which it was, ended up being the rematch. But that was not the case. So I don't know where he got that from. It, who knows if my best guess is that maybe – and this is completely not true to me kind of figuring his thought process. And also, how would he know? Does he know people on the Boise team? Maybe teammates, old teammates, whatever, friendly people. My only thing would be that players that weren't going to play that were hurt or some, or maybe they were already sick, went home if you could. I don't know if you're supposed to, but I'm, if I'm going to give him any benefit of the doubt, which is hard to, but his thought process that he somehow heard maybe a player or two went home because they went home. And that's where I think that's what happened. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I don't think that I don't know if that's the case. You can't verify. That's my spitball. I'm wondering like it's a he probably heard it from third person. Like hey, this guy went home. You're not supposed to go home. So they knew they weren't going to play. 
I mean, that would have to be the case, right? I would think. Like, why would he? If he was like, also, if you're mad about it, why wouldn't you bring it up then? Like, when the game was supposed to be played. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's um pretty like that's stupid, right? Like, what, what's he doing? What's the point of that? Yeah, definitely raising my eyebrows. Because they don't play Boise State. Not unless they beat in the championship again. <laughs> Is that why you say it? Because you don't have to face the consequences? I don't know. <laughs> Anything else with me today? Like, call, oh, here's one thing we didn't mention. I'll bring this up you, Matt. Um, it goes back to vaccination, so apologies. The league said it's up to the team how to administer tests. How would you feel, Matt, if you had to take a test three days a week and pay for it? I would not want to do that. As a college student. <laughs> <laughs> unless, I was work, that, unless, I, unless I was making some of that new uh, name image likeness money, I would probably not want to do that. Some Hersey, what's his name from Tennessee State, or, or Bryce, some Bryce Young money. We'll go with the name people know, right? Yeah, Alabama, right? Yeah, he's about to get seven figures potentially before he even steps on the field. I, that, did you think that's fair? Is that is that a incentive or a punishment, you think? I look at it as being it's similar of similar logic to what the NFL put out today for you know its its own forfeit policy, its own you know <laughs> players will take a financial hit policy, things like that. I think every it's it's just like putting the vice on them, and yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it personally. I just wonder because that's the thing where it's like, yeah, it, there needs to be like. I mean, I think it's more of an incentive. People are like, well, it's a, using a stick and not the carrot. I'm like, no. I think it's more of a, hey, here's what could happen. But if it doesn't happen, if you don't do it, or excuse me, if it does happen, and you have it's to pay it's going to be really inconvenient for you. Yeah, and everybody else. It's like, do you want to get a nasal swab up your nose three times a week? No, uh, who likes I, I don't. That? No, I've done multiple ones for various reasons to get to do certain things. Plus, also... I hate to get back in this. Just pull in Indiana and see it's required because they lost their court case and just do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what is could I would be okay. This might be sound selfish or whatever, but I would be the coach. Say, like, look at Boston College. They were for, forefront. Hey, we want every hundred percent. If not, we will assist you in any way possible. Which is code get out of town. That's like an unofficial requirement to be vaccinated, but. I would have no issue if a team says if you're not like an NFL, you get cut because you want to win. You want to it's real money line more so for mm-hmm. NFL than college. But I would have no issue if a team says if you're not vaccinated, you're not on the team. And go to a lawsuit, they'll take years. Who cares, right? Mm-hmm. I would have no issue with that. Would you? Same. Would you take part of a stance to win games or to be able to play to help your teammates out? Like if how much pressure are these teammates putting on the guys? Like come on, dude, what are you doing? I don't want, like. Do you want to be in a scarlet letter with your wristband that knows you're not vaccinated? I I guess we'll see how things shake out. Also, let's get to Craig Thompson one more thing real quick. I know people don't like him very much. He he screwed up Gonzaga. He screwed up Wichita State. What was your thoughts when he was like basically apathetic about? Eh, Boise tried to leave. Whatever. I mean, I guess it's it's not really his job to be critical of his own membership. He was not offended by that. Is that the best choice of words? Uh. Yeah, I mean, wasn't that more or less what he said? Mm. Sorry, what did you say? No, I'm just wondering, like, I just, it's weird that that's the choice of words. Like, you don't want to get mad because of the lawsuit and everything, they get extra money and all that. You got to be nice to them. But you can be like, you can say, like, you're, 
they can do what they want to do, but you still value them as a conference member, prefer them to stay. They already have a – you can even bring it up. They make more money every conference. We have we give them incentives to stay, and we'd hope that's the case. And particularly if you go in the AAC where it's not much of a difference in money competition. Mm-hmm. I just kind of felt – I don't know. It's like they're a very, very solid member of the Mountains Conference. We hope this is their home. It's like he needs to be – we know it all the time. He needs to be more – who's the PR guy that needs to speak in his ear and say, hey, say this, Kamish, say this, instead of him – being too brutally honest and like, well, if Boise goes, they go. If they go, the league's in trouble. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I guess that was a better choice of words, right? A better way to say it. I mean, what, I mean, if it were you up there on the podium, what would you have said? If I was, if they asked about, hey, bo- hey, guy, Boise State, going to American, how do you feel about that? You could say, I would say, well. I know, like, I can say I'm disappointed that they don't feel they're valued enough in the conference where they're making more money than everybody else. We've, uh, maybe not those words, but they value them more than any other team in the conference. And you could be understanding, but also disappointed that they're still looking for a way out when we allowed them to have a million or two more dollars in every team in the conference. Like, they are valued more than everybody else. I would go that route and be like, like, yeah, people look to better situations. We feel their situation here is good for the benefit say half for being a top brand and one of the best teams of conference ever in football. Yeah, but everything would, you just said everything you just said can be construed as criticism. So? Be critical so that, of That's not that's not the commissioner's job. What what's he supposed to do? Like not offended? Like he he can also be like, hey we we like you, we want you to be here. You're a valued member. If you look I know teams look around, it would be disappointing if you leave. You, I mean, you, basically, you basically can't bring up the money if you're Craig Thompson at any job. I know. I, well, that, you asked me how I'd answer it, and I would maybe put a little – this is not the best answer, clearly. Got to be more diplomatic. But, okay, if you don't bring up the money, you can say, hey, they're uh, – you can be code words. They're a valued member of this conference, and they bring a, they bring a lot to the league in performance on the field and for the rest of the conference in notoriety and brand. But we would be disappointed if they left the conference. Like, you can go that route and maybe not bring up and make more money, but bring up value and prestige about what they're – a roundabout way of saying how much – what they bring to the conference. Mm-hmm. I just think him being, man, whatever. That's what it seems like. It's like, whatever. It's like he said years before. That's why there's no buyout to leave the conference. He's like, if they want to leave, if people want to leave, they can leave. Mm-hmm. It's basically like, you don't like us, whatever. We don't like you almost. I don't think that's the right approach to take. But what would you say? Like, how, would you say what he said? Like, you're not offended, or you could be a little perturbed about a, a team wanting to leave when we just signed a new TV deal last season as well. That increased everybody's money. Well, I mean, I guess uh, you you know you basically just have to put it in the appropriate context. Like, what is Boise really doing anything that any other team in the conference wouldn't be doing if they were in a position to do so? Say it again. Like, is Boise State really doing something that and nobody else would be doing if they had a chance to? No. Like, Utah TCU left. Partly like, it's, they it's, so I think it's important to, like, it's okay to be aspirational. I guess that's how I would say it. It is, but you can also be disappointed that a team wants to leave. You can be both. Right? Yeah, I just, I just, I just don't think for, for the sake of being a commissioner that you can actually say that. 
I don't know. I just think that you not, might not feel it. I just don't think you say it. I, you're right. I, I'll right say it, but I, I, I think there's a way to say it where he's more encouraging them to stay than like a whatever stance. I mean, we already know they're gonna they're gonna jump the first chance they get. <laughs> so it's, it's so you don't know you don't want to lie to the public. We're not lying, but you can say they're a valued member of the conference, and we appreciate they stay here long term. Why can't why couldn't you have said that? Okay, I guess you could say that, but that doesn't actually say anything at all. Yes, it does. It says you're valued. Although, although, although maybe that's maybe that is a better option because it doesn't actually yeah. say anything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's. I don't know. It's. I just feel it's just so it's a cumulative thing the way, way he goes about and does stuff. But so let's keep on this topic. Let's move on to the other subject here that will might be more fun and talks about the Mountain West change gently. So during media days, have you heard of Texas? Is that how you say it? Oklahoma. I, 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 I'm vaguely familiar. <laughs> Boomer Sooner? I've, I've been told there's like a hand gesture that the Texas doesn't like. You mean horns down in their yeah, face? Was, uh, yeah, horns down. All right, I'm doing it right now. You, you get the penalty on the field, but not penalty if you do this fans. And I so do weird. not apologize to any Texas fans who might be listening to this podcast. It's all good. It's not directed to them. It's just a, it's a, it's showing what it is that people can mm. see in this audio, audio medium, right? But so here's what happened. So this is weird. Not like we're not going to go too deep of what it means for them. Basically, SEC, Texas, OU are looking to merge, get together. Granted, rights ends at 2025, which means if they leave early, all the money those two schools get go to the Big 12. There's a meeting today without Texas and OU to talk about stuff, which basically led to nothing. And there was that quote a couple years ago. Iowa State AD basically said, without those two schools, we're the Mountain West, which, thanks, <laughs> for 2016. So what this really means, if they leave, does any team in the Mountain West want to go to the Big 12 if they get invited? Would Boise State really want to go join a league of Baylor, Iowa State, and Texas Tech? Yes. You think so? Yeah. Why? Money. Money there's is not always money to, the answer, Jeremy. You already know this. There's, there's not money to be had. Those if teams Texas, are still, those teams in the conference, even outside of Texas and Oklahoma, are still making way more being a part of the Big 12 than they would be with Boise State. And so even if that conference had to restructure things without Texas and Oklahoma, that conference with Boise and whatever teams decided to make the jump would still be way more valuable than the Mountain West. Money. It's always money. Okay, they made about $30 million last year's league. Texas and OU leave, it's going to be at least half of that, if not more, which is more than the Mountain West. I get that. If you're, It's still more than American if it's $15 million per school, probably even less than that because you split it. I don't know. But here's why. Okay, that's an option. So if they were to rebuild with, like, Cincy, UCF, CSU, and Boise State, to get back to 12. Yeah, that's a fine league, but I don't know how much – how much the Big 12 brand would really be there because ESPN didn't want to extend rights with them for TV. I don't think, I don't think oh. they would expand East anyway. I think if anything, yeah, they would expand West. I think West Virginia somehow in the league. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've seen like a couple of West Virginia accounts that I, that I, that I follow to be like, Hey, we're, you know, we're, can we just jump to the ACC already? Um, and honestly, that might not be a bad idea. <laughs> so the reason I think, um, so you're partially right. I'm not going to say completely wrong, but the value plummets immensely. But what, like, what is the Mountain 
supposed to be like, Craig Thompson needs to be sort of proactive here, or does need to be, because I think it goes like this. What does the Big Ten want? Does the Pac-12 need to add any schools? I don't think it's going to matter what Craig Thompson does. I think if any realignment happens within the next five years or so, like if, if in 2025 Texas and Oklahoma are like peace and they move and they actually do make the jump, the Mountain West is going to be reactive rather than active under any circumstances. That's just how I see things playing out because that's how it has always played out. We can't have conversations about, hey, Kansas, hey, whoever, hey, Texas Tech. I mean, I know you, they're could, not- you could, but they couldn't land Gonzaga or Wichita State. So what makes you think that's going to happen? Because Craig Thompson's an idiot. He blew up the Gonzaga meeting before it even happened. That's and my Wichita point. State, like, yeah, you don't have football, I guess. And I like, imagine it's, if they had those It's going to be more likely that Big 12 raids the AAC and the Mountain West than the Mountain West does anything to raid the Big 12. Like, let's, let's not beat her up. Let's not beat her up. No, I'm not. No, no. That's why I think the Big 12 is doomed to fail. That's why the Big 12 can do what they want. But remember, TCU is the Big East for a hot second. So it's saying you're saying Boise State. So let's just say, for example, Big 12 sends invites to what, um, let's just say the teams I mentioned, you see, you get to 12, UCF, um, Houston, maybe, I don't know. If this is, I don't know. Geographically, purposely, Cincinnati to help with West Virginia a bit. UCF just because they're good. And they go west a little bit to Boise and like Colorado State. Sorry, San Diego State. But they bring those, just kind of a, those type of teams. You're telling me Pac-12, the Big Ten comes in, hey, West Virginia, come to us. Or hey, this team, why would the, why would those teams want to stay in the Big 12? Like if West Virginia comes in, Pac-12 comes in and takes like Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Why would, like, why, what's the point that, of, uh, staying? Neither of those teams are anywhere near the Pacific. They want to get because they want exposure. They want a better time slot for their games on a big slate. Like honestly, well, the, I heard a guy say, "What the really sense. wants is for USC to be good again." Well, That's you're not really wrong, want. but there's a, <laughs> you can't bank on one team. That's been not great in a while. Not not super elite, but here's the reason why they go into Texas. They should honestly maybe try to get Houston, Oklahoma State, because you get you're in Texas. You get you can have. 11 a.m. Central kick times, and David Shaw would be pissed because he plays 9 a.m. Pacific, but the reason they want to go Central is to get better TV times for at least a handful of games a year. So that would help quite a bit. They'd have Central Mountain and West Coast, so you could do a, a 9 p.m. Eastern kick or whatever. Eight, you could even 8 o'clock local there in Central time zone and be be fine and get butts. You could watch a noon, noon game, 11 a.m. Central, whatever, noon Eastern game for those schools to get more people to watch. And that's where I think the Mountain West would be able to grab a couple of teams because it's you're not wrong where the Pac-12 and if the Big Ten wants to go to more or ACC, even if they want to, because they may not need to. Like, what's the point? That's your that's your that's your good argument. You make well, why does the Pac-12 do that? Do they need to? I think they need to move more east a little bit to help with their TV product. And there's a, there's plenty of good teams like Houston and Baylor. I don't know. Baylor's won national title basketball, but you know what I mean. Like that's those are good reasons basketball, whatever, or Kansas if you want to. But you want football. And if you're in Texas and get a central time zone and you have schedule your proper, your games properly the good way where those, there's always a team playing in central time zone every week, that would help a lot with their exposure as well. Like USC playing at Houston at noon, USC never plays at noon Eastern. They're always one, three thirty or later. No, I mean, I get what you're saying. I just think, you know, if realignment is to happen, it's not going to be that complicated. What's your, what's your, what do you think the path is kind of going to be then? I think they're going to pluck the best teams from like the the lower Midwest. 
I just don't I just don't know offhand what teams those are likely to be because you know the the reason Houston got screwed twenty years ago, twenty five years ago to begin with is because <laughs> Texas they did you know, they, they didn't wanna have like the other teams in the big eight didn't want to have to deal with them anymore. Texas didn't want to have to deal with them anymore. And so I don't know I don't understand why the Cougars program would be in a position to convince any of them anybody else in the state to reverse course like there was an oral history that I was kind of brushing up on before we did this podcast and the whole reason why they moved in the direction they did was because the the Southwest Conference was like a regional conference and not a national one yeah they were a Texas conference when Arkansas left so it wouldn't surprise me if the if the Big 12 attempted to remain a national conference that they went and like I think that's the break that Boise State's waiting for if that happens, they're going to go to the Big 12. You might be right. And but... then, and then, I don't know, maybe, I think it's more likely that the, that the, whatever, the, the renewed Big 12, the revised Big 12 would, would go after Colorado again. And they, when they go back Ten. east. <laughs> Nebraska doesn't like the Big 10 at the moment. Like there's, there's no, re- there's no I, reason for that. I just to think, on to, there's, no, I mean, right, there's a couple ways it could be. Like, look at this, look at the, I'm just saying it's the, it's the same reason like SMU is probably not going to get a look. It's the same reason like Tulane is not going to get a look. You know, Tulane might have the market, but they don't have anything else. They don't have a history of success. You know, UCF being the only team in Florida in that conference, no, like that's not going to happen. I think now it's more how good you are in your brand compared to what it was getting Rutgers and Maryland to the Big Ten to get D.C. and New York City. Yeah, I mean, ask a, West, ask a West Virginia fan how much they enjoy the trips all the way to the Midwest six times a year. <laughs> not probably not like not not a ton. Um, I get your point; like they want to be more national, but I think it's going to be. Here's the thing: you have to look at all these new commissioners. You got the Vegas guy, George. I can never say his name. Whatever the new commissioner, Pac-12, Big Ten commissioner is fairly new. ACC commissioner is new. You know what I mean? Like there's all these new commissioners. They want to make a stand, make make a bold choice. Like Pac-12 guy knows football. George is like football. We need to butter our bread and get football to win. How do you get football to win? Besides, you can't bank on USC to be good or be elite. Mm. Utah's been the most consistent team in the Pac-12. Them in Oregon the past couple of years, but Utah's not making it close. Even though they're near the playoff, they dropped to the Alamo Bowl a couple of years ago. Oregon's been more close. USC went to the Fiesta or excuse me, Rose Bowl a while back a couple of years ago, but they need a. It, they need a good team, but I think if they move time zones a little bit, that'll help a bit just to, so people can see these games. Like, see Washington play somebody Oklahoma State if they, if they pick up those two schools. I just think you're not wrong where the Big 12 will want to go quick. But I remember last time around, they, they skirted around and kicked their rocks at BYU, UCF, and I said, no, no, we're good. We don't need you. Do they bring – here's the thing to consider. Even if they bring half the money, $30 million down to like 15 or 12, if they want to keep that money – I honestly don't think they're worth that much, but does Boise State bring $10 million a year? Does UCF, does Cincinnati? And the answer is no. And I think the Big Ten, Big 12 might be down to like $8 million a year, be more just barely above the AAC if that. I don't know. I just think the value plummets to nothing. That's why I have I put in the article, hey, I mean, they're movie pass. Geographically, great, great. The geographically too, they don't have a lot of moves to make. With West like, Virginia, they definitely don't. like like half the half like the AA schools or the AAC schools that are in the West Division, like they aren't going to excite anybody, really. 
SMU a little bit. A little. They're not gonna they're not gonna bring in SMU for the same reason they're not gonna bring in Houston. Well hold I on. Think, I think if they were gonna bring in any AAC team it would probably be Tulsa, to be honest. Yeah. Here's the thing, they only have Texas Tech and Baylor and TCU. Houston is a bigger school than all three of those. Yeah, but they don't want to be re- they don't want to be regional. That's the same reason they created this conference to begin with. I know. I get that, but adding one if they're adding four teams, what's one going to hurt if it's in state? I, I mean, I don't know. You'd have to talk to whoever's in charge out there. Well, that's, that's what I'm getting at. Like, if they had, if they were to add Houston, North Texas, and UTSA, yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's the brands you want. Houston's a pretty good brand. They paid their coaches, Dana Holgerson, good. Boise State, Harson. Like, I, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, the way it impacts the Mountain West, I don't know if they're going to lose teams, but I think the Pac-12 – and is going to add teams. I don't know if the Big Ten needs to. ACC probably would love – West Virginia would love give us ACC and then Notre Dame get 16. But do teams need to go to 16? Just no. Or leagues just because SEC I does? Know, I don't know who decided that 16 was the end-all, be-all, or was the ultimate goal. There's people that always thought the Big 12 would be done. Because it it's, not like, like it's, it's not like you'd be playing a killer game every single week unless you you know, you know have your pods, you know, geographical, and even then you know, you're rotating – what, like 10 other teams? Yeah, I've seen the four pod. Here's the funny thing, though. Let's just say they stick like an east and west division with eight teams. If you're in the west, okay, you got Texas and Oklahoma. Okay, Texas A&M's well above average team. But you're telling me you got Missouri, you have Kentucky, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Like, there's still some trash in the SEC. Hmm. So you're, so you're right, you're not playing the monster... I guess if you're in the East, you got Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida. Yeah, that's the problem. So South Carolina is usually decent, kind of. Honestly, I honestly, I think if they lose Texas or Oklahoma, I think they're just gonna they're gonna call they're gonna call Boise, they're gonna call BYU and call it a day. Just those two, you think? Two Western schools can be done? Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't. If it were me, are those the two best options you think out there? They're the two Ge- because geographically, it makes a lot more sense. They are, in my opinion. The, UCF fans, if you're listening, you're not. I don't care if you are, which if you are, weird, cool. Thanks for the download. But the two biggest brands out of any team, like more so than Cincinnati, UCF, it's those two, Boise and BYU. Like their brand, it like I was on, who was it? You know the guy, um, was it Chris Crable? He used to be in your area, now there's news in the morning. Mm-hmm. I was on a show a while back when he's doing sports, and we are talking about this stuff. And like if you look at BYU and Clemson, I think we were talking about the Coastal game last year. If you take away Clemson's last pre-Deshaun Watson, so like six years, mm-hmm. BYU outshines them by miles for prestige and brand. It's only the past couple of years that Clemson's been really, 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 really good. I mean, so, alternative, alternatively, like if the Big 12 was going to make an actual push to get back to 12 without Texas and Oklahoma, then I would say – you know, in addition to Boise and BYU, then they'll probably pick up the phone and call SMU and Houston and call it a day. And then in that case, I'm assuming that the AAC would probably raid, I'm guessing they would probably raid the Sun Belt before they did anything else. You know, they would be called, they'd call Appalachian State and ask if they want to, you know, be East Carolina's new cross-state rival. They'd call, you know, they'd call, no, they'd call Louisiana and see if they want to be Tulane's in-state rival. And I think they would probably call it a date there too, or maybe they call one more to finally get an even number. 
Um, and in that case, you know, I don't even know who they, who else they would pick from, you know, maybe like Florida International, Florida Atlantic. And I think in that, I think that would make more sense for that conference, the way that it's concentrated. It might make things a little tougher for the teams out West, but like, I don't know if they have any interest in reorganizing to reintroduce divisions to the mix. But I think it makes the geography a little more concentrated than it is now without so much of an emphasis on just capturing major media markets. Because, I mean, without looking at television numbers, I have no idea how well that's actually gone over as a, as a plan for how to build a conference. Hmm. I don't know. Just, just going to be crazy. There's also – we'll wrap up here because we only get too deep in what's going on. We've already been doing about hour plus here. Oh, just an hour. Not bad. Not too long for us, but about normal. Like Texas, like all these legislators are meeting. I'm like, good luck. How about like we bet your DM fixed his power grid, buddies? Like I'm going to be in in Austin this weekend. Should I go stop by the Capitol? Hey, Greg Abbott, what's going on? Can we help you with this or not? <laughs> go go to the step of uh, oh, at the University of Texas and see what's going on with Del Conte there. Say hey, what do you need some help with stuff? Huh. Um, the politician. I know it worked with Ann Richards years ago. That's why BYU's not why they're not in the Big Twelve. Because Baylor's, because Ann Richards, former and now late governor. Um, I don't know. It's the Mountain West. Are they screwed in this situation? I don't think they're screwed. I think it's. I think they'll. Is there a way to keep all 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 members? Is there what? Is is there a way they either keep it current twelve plus members? Like. What's your end result for them? Like, I know there's a million, and there's a million paths you can take. The timeline can go a million different ways. If you watch Loki, the divergence can be anywhere. <laughs> like, it branch off to a million different ways. What Honestly, is? Honestly, th- I think the biggest casualty. I think the biggest casualty of the whole thing could end up being Conference USA. Okay, but within the- I, th- I think in that, I think in that case, you know, the AAC raids the Sun Belt, and I think the Sun Belt is definitely a better conference mm-hmm. <laughs> than the Conference USA at the pre- at present. So I think, you know, whatever teams would jump from from the SBC to the AAC, like, you know, like an app state, like Louisiana, I think it would be more likely that they would attempt to re... I think they would raid Conference USA, like I said, rather than Conference USA raiding the Sun Belt. I think that dynamic has changed. And so I think for the Mountain West, you know, you look at UTEP, you look at North Texas, you look at UTSA... Those are probably my three targets right there. You know, if you get two of those three, call it a day. You know, I think, you know, UTEP's not great, but I think geographically it makes the most sense. And at least North Texas and UTSA have been kind of on the right track, you know, both um, in football. And I think in, was North Texas a, a, a basketball, were, were they in the tournament last year or was that my imagination? I don't recall. We got you forgetting New Mexico State who's good at basketball. But yeah. Yeah, but nobody nobody wants New Mexico State as a football program. <laughs> like let's let's be real. Like apologies to the Aggies fans out there in Las Cruces, but y'all got some work to do. Um So, so like I said, I think way- if it, I think I think it the most likely scenario is if there's a lot of drastic reorganization that that's that Conference USA is the one that ends up more decimated than anybody else. I think the Mountain West is basically trading chips and and treading water maybe being you know if if it's like a a seven out of ten conference now maybe they're closer to like a six or a five and a half conference by the end but i think that that is still better than the mac and still better than whatever conference usa would end up as sure i here's what my hope is i'll be optimistic really optimistic here the pac-12 grabs a couple schools from big 12 um west virginia 
ACC or something. Maybe even Big Ten because they got they'd be they'd be a decent fit in the Big Ten just due to location of Rutgers in Maryland. Um, then I think was like Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Like what the heck does he do? He's doing a pretty good program. I th- what I would like to happen to help the Mountain West would Pac-12 gets a couple schools. Just say four to three to five schools go somewhere else. Then you have Kansas, Kansas State, maybe even Iowa State. Iowa State could fit in the Big Ten. That might make sense. But who wants Kansas? Really? Who wants Kansas State to that much? I think the Mountain West, the best case for them would be, like I said, a couple of schools get picked off and they can, they can go grab somebody's lot because can, can, can TCU go independent? Can Baylor on their own? Can Oklahoma, what's Oklahoma State going to do? Like I would hope or think that there are a couple of schools get picked off the Mountain West can grab who's left. Like if you're, say, even with Kansas basketball, what if they're left or sitting? Would you take Kansas and Kansas State if there's no home for them? They would join the Mountain West in a second. There was talks I really, about Kansas. I really State. don't think that's going to happen though. I'm trying to be optimistic. Remember Kansas State? There was talks about that happening to Mountain West, K State, as a fallback plan. No, Maybe like they're playing. Everybody's just, everybody's just going to eat Conference USA alive. That's what's going to happen if Texas and Oklahoma jump. Okay. You're more, it's probably more logical. I'm just trying to think of a positive way where if there's a couple teams left in the Big 12 and the Big 12 goes away, not every team's going to have a, a place to go. They'll be playing hot, not hot potato, but musical chairs and teams go fall on their butt and like, oh crap, I have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to the American or the Mountain West or Sunbelt or something. You know what I mean? I think that is a possibility because let, let me wrap up here. Let's just say my, let's just don't worry about American or anybody else or Mac or USA. Let's say Pac 12 comes in and takes Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Boom, they're gone. Big Ten comes in and takes a couple schools, takes West Virginia and Kansas for basketball, okay? Um, then you have still at Baylor, TCU, Kansas State sitting around there. You got to mm-hmm. like, where are they, like, they're left. What are they going to do? Is there going to be a brand new, a brand new I conference? I still think it's more likely that they raid the Mountain West than the other way around. It depends, it, it depends who asks first, right? Who's going to call first, right? The Big 12 is absolutely going to call first. They're the ones with more money. You're, t- you're telling me the Pac-12 won't make a call right now to get you, them and this team in the league? Oklahoma State and, te- and like TCU or Texas? I don't see how it would make any sense. If they want – okay. Humor me here then. Let's say they, there's teams they wanted to add. Let's say they make sense. I think it's okay. – oh, No, no, because here, here's something else you're not thinking of. Like why, <laughs> would Oklahoma, why would Oklahoma State want to go to a conference like the Pac-12 in a situation like this when they or, or Iowa State or anybody who chooses to, to stick around – could still theoretically be the king of the, the king of the hill with a potential college football playoff spot on the line. There's that as well. We haven't brought it up because if, because it's still the top. Well, it's not finalized, but top six conference champs get in. I'm assuming exactly. You, even exactly. if you're that's a good point too. Even even if you're to water down Big Twelve, you would be probably fighting with. You'd be in the. It'd basically be Pac-12 every year, ACC, SEC. Um, who am I missing? Um, Big Ten. Yeah, big thing. Yeah, big thing. Those all get in. Those two spots would be now instead of it being most likely the Big Twelve, you would be fighting between the American and Mountain West with the Big Twelve for those two spots. Or the Sun Belt. Well, the Sun Belt has improved. That's all I'm saying. I'm not quite here to put. I'm not quite there yet to put. Although, although in this situation, the Sun Belt does get does get uh, pillaged a little bit by the American. There, there's that too. But, but my point being is the like. Let's just okay. We say super quick. But let's just say the Big 12 stage is eight just because for a couple of years. It takes a while to get things going. They, 
even if everybody stays the same except for them, they drop. They're probably a little bit better than Mountain West American, but not by much. They'd all be fighting. Like, are you going to give credit to Oklahoma State if they beat Iowa State, TCU, and Baylor all the time? You're not playing Texas, Oklahoma? Because Iowa State's similar. Against them. Kansas State beat Oklahoma twice in a row. All of those teams have tended to be pretty good year after year in recent memory. So, yeah. I just wonder perception without those two teams in the league, even though Texas hasn't been great. Well, take Texas hasn't won anything in, like, 15 years. Well, so who, like, care, who cares about the Longhorns? No, so no, no. Oklahoma is the bigger juggernaut. And I think I know that, you that is the Texas. team right now that they would miss more. Even if Texas is the one that ultimately makes mo- the most money, they're, they're making it for themselves and not necessarily for everybody else. I I don't know. I just think who's going to call first with the young commissioners, new guys want to make a splash? What? When well, have you known Craig Thompson to be proactive about anything? I'm not talking about Craig Thompson. I'm talking about the guy. Well, what, what makes you think he would possibly call first? He's a new guy, and he tweeted out, this is interesting. What are we going to do here, essentially? He's a, he's an entertainment guy who worked in TV entertainment in Vegas for and does some sports stuff there as well. You're talking about he, the Pac-12 guy. Pac-12, yeah, George. I was talking Craig, about Craig Thompson. I, I know you were. I'm moving on. But, no, okay. Craig <laughs> No, sorry. Let me, I don't mean to be rude. My point being, the power conferences, if they want to keep pace with the SEC or be proactive to – because the Pac-12 is not losing anybody. Because if, if, if Arizona, Arizona State, which was like a rumor last year or past couple years, they'll go to the Big 12, that's not happening anymore. They're not going to lose teams. So they could stay pat and not worry about it. Like you said, they, they don't have to make a move just to make a move. But if you're a new commissioner, you want to make a move to make a name for yourself, and he's an entertainment guy. Oklahoma State football is pretty entertaining. You get to Central Time Zone. You grab TCU or somebody in Texas. You're in that area. My point being, if he wants to make a move, if you're, I get your point. Why Oklahoma State want to go? They would go in and probably be what Utah is almost right there, right in that range, competing for a conference title, close to it. Mm-hmm. So, why wouldn't that be kind of more enticing? Hey, we we got a settled place to be. We, we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to bring in these other schools that we think are beneath us. We'll join a conference. We'll be settled. We'll get to play Colorado again, which maybe that's a thing. I don't know if they like that, but that's my point. Being these younger commissioners make a move. I think the Big 12 would make a move first, but if you're the Pac-12, why not go and screw them and try to do something? I mean, I guess we'll see. Obviously, this is we're talking about years in advance, so this could all be a non-story by, like, I don't know, the time you hear this. I'll ask you one last question here, because Grand Prix okay. is 2025. What that means, for those who are unaware, if Texas and Oklahoma leave tomorrow for the, for the SEC, any money they get goes to the um, Big 12. Essentially, Texas and Oklahoma – Get no money for media rights. Okay. Is because there's a thing from Athletics today. I think Andy Staples wrote it, but there's also reports like next week it can be done from Orange Bloods Rivals website covering Texas. Which careful who you listen to cover this stuff. It's it's quite interesting. But do you think they'll if the move happens? Is it going to happen before 2025? Because that'd be an awkward four seasons. Or when is the playoff yeah, expanding? Theoretically, like if it expands, when is that happening? The playoff, maybe twenty-three. That's kind of the idea. It's so, so then my answer would be yes. Okay, I think it's going to happen twenty. The twenty start of the twenty twenty-three season. The last I mean, they've, they've got they've got more money than God. They can move heaven and earth to make a move to the SEC if they want to. I've honestly said Big Twelve should hold up for money, and I I could see legitimately seeing that each each. We need to write a check of $100 million if they want to leave early. 
They could do that. They could I don't do think that that's sleep. Yeah, I don't, I'm going to say I don't think that's far-fetched. No, it's not. Especially now, if it gets closer, yeah, like if it's within two years, maybe not that much. But if it's three, if it's 2023 or earlier, it's going to be at least 100 million each to get out of there. Mm. So, all right, that's all we got. That's all we got. Else, Adam, we've been talking about this thing. It's, I hear it everywhere. I look at it, read it. I'm doing it for work. My other job, doing this. It's like, how about, a, how, about a, how about a quick palate cleanser before we go? Yeah, what do you guys, what do you guys? What, are you, what are your thoughts on Hawaii's new unis? Um, I've been busy today. I need to Google that. I've not seen those. Personally, they get my seal of approval. You know, not only for the fact that uh, they were able to honor Colt Brennan with the with the showing off the new uniforms. I think they, they have a new deal with Adidas, I believe. I, I'm hoping I get that correct. Um, but yeah, they showed off like the black variation of the jersey with the with the uh, Hawaiian Islands on the helmet, which personally has always been one of my favorite jerseys anywhere in the Mountain West. It looks very crisp. It's got like the green accents and the black on with you know what with the white names and numbers and things like that. Personally, I like it. Like I've always thought Hawaii has had very strong uniforms, both road and home and alternate, and this just kind of seals the deal as you know, ranking very highly in my opinion. Okay, see here. So they're going with a black they are with Adidas. So they're going black black jersey and white jersey with the island over the neck. It is Adidas. I'm trying to get this tweet to let my computer's not cooperating here. So the helmet is with the Hawaiian Islands. Yeah, well, that's the one they were showing off in their in their promos. Yeah, I like that one too. They don't do it very often. They should do it Which more could, often. I, I really hope Adidas brings back the Rainbow Warriors jersey. So that's all anybody really wants. Yes, yeah, like the kind of the light green. Yeah, the kind of the Kelly green almost. Yeah, almost like a yeah. Got the rainbow stuff. It's they have enough combinations where they should do it a new uniform every week, essentially. <laughs> right? Yeah, just be, you know, lean into, like, the organ. Who doesn't want to see that? Yeah. Like, won't well, they have, like, a chrome helmet with the, with the highland, black highlands? I, I am not a fan of chrome. That's, that's Let's draw the line right there. Okay. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking outside the box, that's all. Okay, I see it here. Okay, yeah. Scrolling through this video. Those are nice. I like the black, yeah, with the green trim. Where's the helmet, though? They don't show a helmet in this tweet. But you said the helmet is one side island. What's the other side? The UH? No, I think I didn't see the other side. It's just I think the uh, the other side is just black, kind of like the Steelers, right? Um, I, I don't remember what it is under normal circumstances. Either oh, way, great job, Hawaii. That's all I'm trying to say. I love the, Okay, see it now. 100%. Yes, do this every week. That the light, yo, yes, I love it. I see it right here now. The Colt Brennan thing in the back helmet, and, or or is it me? They put it up against the beach. You see the rocks and the oceans up against it with the uniform. Maybe there's mm-hmm. that as well because it's Hawaii. But no, those, those are those are great uniforms. I love uniform stuff. Um, you don't need to get too crazy, but Hawaii also one other uniform. I wish the Rams would bring up bring the orange a little bit more often. I think the the bone helmets, right? Yeah, but how much? Or even just incorporate some of that 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 orange. They can get behind that. You know what? The, the Rams should be treating their orange like New Mexico treats their teal. Mm, yes. Because of course, you know the Lobos like have the cherry and well. silver, but they get the teal accent. Chris, that Chris, I mean. can you write some more? There you go. <laughs> we need Chris to come back for a minute to do the uniform stuff. But uniforms are great. Mountainous Media Day in the books. 
We'll be back later with um, some more team previews and MWR.com, top 50 countdown going strong. We are, by the time you hear this, what, probably 45 in, I think, mm-hmm. number 45. And yeah. also players, players and coaches who just like it, thank you for looking at Thank you for reading. And we'd love to be wrong. If I, for, I'd like to be wrong on these players who are 48 can be number 10 maybe, right? Yes. If we give you motivation to be awesome and everybody takes a chip and say, I'm number, I should be number two and I'm number 12, go for it. We want the league to be awesome this year and have fun. That's true. And you can even, you can even quote us on that. That would be really awesome, actually. Definitely. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up with this and we'll be back next time with our next preview. We got a couple left and it's almost August, man. Season's almost here.